Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Sean McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Hey, let me, let me ask you a question this morning just to kick off uh, the service today. How many of you people uh, in the crowd enjoy going to the gym? We have any gym rats in the room? Show of hands, show of hands. Okay, I see you. I could tell that about a few of you. A few of you, I could not tell that about you. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, all the gym rats in the room. Um, here's the thing about going to the gym that I hate. I hate the treadmill. Preach. All the bodybuilders are like, amen, somebody. Only cardio I'm getting is lifting weights faster. That's some good cardio right there. But have you ever thought about the treadmill? Here's the thing about the treadmill. The only people in the gym that annoy me more than people on the treadmill are people on the elliptical. Or the Stairmaster. Oh, my goodness. Here's the thing about the treadmill. Going to the gym and getting on a treadmill, when I go to get on the treadmill, it's like the equivalent of me owning a muscle car, driving up to a red light with another muscle car. I don't know what it is about the person to the right or left of me on the treadmill, but as soon as I get on, they look at me like we're about to race. This is not a race. And even if it was a race, here's the thing. We're both running as hard as we could, but we're getting nowhere. And so there is no finish line. There is no end to this. We end when we drop dead. We end when we're tired or one of us decides we're done sweating. And what I hate about the treadmill is this. You can run all day long, and you know what? It feels as if it's worthless. Anybody ever been there? You're trying to lose weight. You do like 100 laps on the treadmill or 100 miles on the treadmill. You get to the end of the week, you're like, haven't lost a pound. <laughs> it's the treadmill. And I, and I, and I just, I, there's something in me. I just, I loathe it. And I think it's because of this. I think it's because of what I said a minute ago. The thing about the treadmill is you get on it and it feels like even though you're moving, even though you're going fast, even though you're running with, with all your heart, you don't really go anywhere. That's why I enjoy running outside, by the way. Not only is the fresh air good for your lungs, but you can get somewhere. You can actually race somebody outside, and there's a finish line. And so I love that. But it got me thinking about just kind of the pace of life and this treadmill society that we live on. And the only way I'm getting on a treadmill from now on is if it's a Peloton, because they have IMAX screens on them, and at least I can watch a movie while I'm doing it. But as I thought about treadmills and I thought about the pace of life, one of the things that I've thought about is this. Life can sometimes feel like that. Like we're running, running, running as hard as we can, but we're never getting anywhere. Some of you, you walked in today and that's your life. You feel like you're running hard. You feel like you're running a marathon, but at the end of the day, you just feel like you're not getting anywhere. You're tired. You're weary. You're burned out. In fact, if I were to ask for a show of hands right now, and maybe I should do it just so you know that you're not alone in the room, but let's do it just for fun. I don't usually ask for a show of hands to point people out, but this is okay for this one time. Raise your hand if you just feel like uh, you've ever been tired in the room. Anybody ever been tired? All of us, right? That was an easy one to point you out. Anybody tired right now? You're like, I am tired. I hear that you started hearing the rain. You instantly thought of a nap. There's nothing better on Sundays than going to church and then taking a nap. I don't know what it is about Sunday naps. Can I get an amen? But they are the best kind of naps. Take a nap, eat some food. Sunday naps are the best. But we live in a world where, where it's so easy just to be tired. We're tired all the time. Maybe you're tired because you're starting up a business. You've started a new job because of, you know, the last year you're understaffed at work and so you're working harder than ever. You're a mother of a toddler or you're a mother of toddlers, right? And you just feel like you're weary all the time. You feel like you're on this treadmill of life going nowhere at all and there's always another bill and there's always another due date. There's always another something to put on your calendar. Anybody have a busy calendar? Who would Wishes they could throw away the iPhone calendar and just say, I'm not using this anymore. Some of you, you're getting tired just hearing me talk about getting tired because you're thinking about all the 10 things that you have to do immediately after service. In fact, I, you know what I've, I've found is most interesting in, in my life when I think about the weekend sometimes? How many of you, when you wake up on Monday morning, you're more tired than when you left work on Friday? <laughs> weekend I was supposed to get some rest and you go in and you're just you're exhausted 
and you're tired, but here's what your ego says, right? Because we all have that voice inside of us, that thing that's inside of us that says, no, you can do it. No, you need to push through it. Don't be a wimp. Don't be a punk. You know, is that the phrase these days? Don't be a punk. Don't punk out of this. Don't give up. You've got this. You're never going to make it in life if you don't work hard. It's as if busyness has become a status symbol in 2021, that if you're not busy, you're not important. I mean, have you ever walked up to somebody, right, and, and, and you had an interaction with them, and you're, a man, you're like this, hey, man, how you doing? Or, you know, me and Robert, we meet in the street, and if I was like, hey, Robert, how's it going? And what if Robert just looked at me, and he's like, I mean, good. I'm like, what are you doing, man? I don't know, nothing. No, what do most people say when you walk up to them? Hey, man, how's it going? Man, good, good, just busy, busy. Nine times out of 10, if I meet somebody, you know what they're going to say when I say, how are you doing? Good, busy. Good for you. I'm so glad you're busy. That means you're successful, right? That means you're doing something. That means your life, you must really have it all together. I'm so happy you're busy. Man, I'm not as busy as you. I think I suck right now. My life is horrible, right? Because busyness becomes this thing that, that, that just, it's, it's personal pride. How are you? I'm busy. Yeah, that's good. I'm busy. Don't you wish you were as busy as I am? Don't you wish you were as successful as me? But I just wonder if we weren't created to live life just busy all the time. That we actually need some rest. Maybe there's, there's more to life than, than working really hard and saying, it's okay, I'll just take a melatonin. It's okay, I'll just grab a monster on the way to work. I wonder if our lives were, were designed that way. That when you're tired, you just get another energy drink. You just burn the, the candle at both ends, and you're not really that bright at all. And you go, and you go, and you go. You pop another melatonin, and you say, I'll get some rest. At least I got three hours last night. I don't know if we're supposed to live that way. And so I was thinking about how could we end this series today? Help, I'm. And as I looked at all of your surveys, I thought, you know, one of the best things that I could talk about today is this, on this Mother's Day. And it's the topic, this, help, I'm tired. Help, I'm just, I'm, I'm exhausted. I, I, I'm tired. I've been going through the rat race of life. I'm working not only nine to five, but nine to seven, because that's what you have to do, right? And I just feel like, I feel like I'm losing my mind. You ever got there where you're so tired that, that you know, here's the thing. You might be tired if, okay, at 2 a.m. you wake up in the morning thinking about all you have to do for the next day. You might be tired if you found yourself responding to emails after hours. You might be tired if you have a five-year plan and you've already got all the dates in the future on that five-year plan, right? There's just so many things in life that can make us tired. Yeah. And you know what I found? When we get really tired and when we get in a hurry and we get in a rush all the time, that that can really hurt us. Yeah. In fact, the, the, the thing that we think can, can, can make us so successful and the thing that has become such a status symbol it is the thing that can hurt us the most. Busyness, overworking, tired all the time, it can actually crush you. There's so many different things the scripture says about being tired. There's so many things the scripture says about being in a hurry and being in a rush all the time. It really wasn't hard for me to find content for this sermon, and so the hard thing was just boiling it down into a few things that I thought you know, might relate to you. And so I wanna give you five things that I think if, if, if you continue to live this way, where you're just in a rush all the time, just hurry, hurry, hurry all the time, five things that I think can happen to you. And then I wanna give you three things that I think if you'll do can really help you when it comes to being busy and tired. The first is this, if you don't rest well, okay, the first thing that I think can happen is this, it'll just make you less productive. If you don't rest well in life, do you realize it actually makes you less productive? Yeah. You ever feel like you're doing a thousand things, but you're going nowhere at all? Yeah. Yeah. You're accomplishing 
What you think is so much because you're doing so much, but nothing is really changing. You're not actually moving the needle at all. I heard a story of, a, of, of, a, of two guys that were in an axe chopping competition and two guys were, were chopping wood and the goal of the competition was to see who could chop the most wood in the quickest amount of time. And so they had an hour to chop wood and one guy, he just chopped away. I mean, he was like, he was the guy in the gym that when you see him, his arms are like built, they can go. They're like the Energizer Bunny, just never quit. And he just chopped and chopped and chopped and chopped. And then there was the other guy that every few minutes, he would chop, but every few minutes he would stop. He would stop and he would take a break and he would sip on his sweet tea and all that and then he would go back after it. Well, at the end of the competition, as they begin to count up the amount of wood that was chopped, the guy that was chopping effortlessly, he actually lost to the guy that was stopping every few minutes from chopping the wood. And so they asked the guy, what in the world were you doing when you were stopping? Can you tell me about your strategy? Because this guy was working 10 times as hard as you. He looked way more busier than you were, but you actually chopped more wood. What were you doing? He said, well, I had to stop every once in a while and sharpen the blade so I could chop more effectively. And I think that's the truth when it comes to our lives. We can get so busy that we actually become less productive because we never slow down to sharpen ourselves. We never slow down to stop and rest. And here's the thing. If you just keep chopping at life with a dull blade, you're going to be less productive no matter how hard you work. In fact, Scripture talks about this all throughout the book of Proverbs. In Proverbs 21.5, the message, it says this. It says, careful planning puts you ahead in the long run. But hurry, like the busyness, the constantly going and scurry, guess what it does? It puts you further behind. And so you can think you're being really productive, but actually you're not. It goes on to say this in Proverbs 19. It says this. It says, a person in a hurry makes mistakes. And so the first thing busyness will do that, that'll really get you is it'll make you feel like you're productive. But in actuality, if you're, if you're too busy and too much in a hurry all the time, it'll actually make you less productive. The second thing that I found that it does is it decreases your joy. You can be so busy that you just begin to lack joy. I mean, I want you to think about your mornings. You get up, it's 6 a.m., you, you know, lace up your shoes, you brush your teeth, you put on your running clothes, you go hit, you know, a few miles in the neighborhood, you come back, you take a shower, you eat breakfast, okay? You do all the stuff you gotta do. You pack the kids' lunches, you get them in the car, you take them to school, you drop them off, you fight the traffic, you pull up at your job, you're 10 minutes late, and it's only 8.30. That'll suck some joy out of you, right? I mean, you're just busy all the time. And you know what happens when we get so busy and we're so consumed all the time is it'll hurt our joy. Anybody ever slept through an alarm clock, been late to work, right? What are you on the way to work in traffic? You are mad. Somebody cuts you off, you're a Christian and you still want to flip them off, right? You're yelling at them, you're rolling down your window. You may not say anything at all, but you're given the look. You get to work mad. But when you wake up on time, you spend a little time with Jesus, all is well, you got 30 minutes to get to work, somebody cuts you off, you're like, no, it's okay, it's not a big deal, I got 30 minutes, I'm not going to be fine. I get angry when I get busy all the time. When I'm in a rush, I just, any men out there like that, you just kind of get angry when you're rushed. Here's the thing, it'll rob you of your joy. Yeah. Job 9.25 says this, maybe, it says, my days go by faster than a runner, then they fly away without seeing any joy. Our days are just going faster and faster. And in 2021, our days, they fly by. And they fly by and it can leave us without seeing any joy. The third thing I think being busy can do is it can just leave us dry, just leave us empty inside. Psalms 39.6 says this, maybe, we are merely moving shadows. We are all busy rushing ends in nothing. That, that, that all of our busyness and all of our rushing, it says, can just, it can, it, can end, it can end in nothing. And it can leave us feeling dry and empty inside. You ever heard somebody say, I'm burnout? 
You know what I found about being burnt out? The reason why we get burnt out is because we do busyness and activity with no purpose. And see, when we have no purpose, we get, we get dry and we get, we get empty inside and, and we don't want to wake up and we don't want to do anything anymore because there's, just, there's no passion in it. Some of you, you have a job like that, right? You're not passionate about it. And you're working your fingers to the bone, right? You want to go in the next day? No. You don't want to wake up on Monday morning and there's this dryness and there's this emptiness in you. One of the best ways I've seen this principle play out that, 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 that really uh, burnout happens when you lack purpose, not overactivity. One of the best ways I've seen this play out is when I come on Sunday mornings. I see people that have worked all day long and all week long, get here at 4 a.m. and put stages together and set chairs and get a band, you know, ready and put kids' environments up and all this stuff. But they do it with a smile on their face. And they do it with, with, with joy in their heart. And I wonder why. And the truth is, when I look at them and, and, and I talk to them, it's because they have purpose. It's not just busyness, but it's, it's activity with, with purpose. And that equals joy. But when we're busy with no purpose, that is what equals burnout. And so oftentimes when I hear people say, I'm just burnt out, my first question is, well, you've lost your purpose. You've lost your why. You've lost the thing that matters to you. And so is there any area in life where you feel you're just burnt out? You feel like it's just too much for you? And I would ask you, well, where did your purpose go? Have you forgot why you're doing what you're doing? Have you forgot? Maybe you used to, you know, you used to serve a nonprofit. You used to make a difference. You know, you used to hang out differently, you know, with your friends. And somewhere along the way, you just, you just lost something. And busyness can, can do that to us. It can just leave us dry and empty inside and overworked with no purpose. The fourth thing is this. It can increase your risk of sinful choices. When you get busy, guess what? You become way, way more of a target for the enemy. You know when the enemy came to Jesus? We actually see the enemy coming to Jesus right as he was, he was baptized and then went alone in the desert for 40 days. I don't know about you, I've never been alone in the desert for 40 days, but I can assume it's a horrible experience. I can assume you're tired. I could assume you're hungry. I can, I can assume the isolation gets to you. And one of the things that I found is those are three ingredients all the time for the enemy to come to your life. The same way he came to Jesus when Jesus was hungry, fasting 40 days, isolated out in the wilderness, and tired tired. That's what the enemy likes to get us with. When you're tired and when you're burnt out and when you're running, you know, when you're burning the candle at both ends of the stick, the enemy likes to come. It actually increases our chances of making sinful choices. In fact, Jesus spoke to this. In Luke 21, he says this. He says, be careful. Be careful that your hearts don't get weighed down with dissipation. Okay, what is that? That, that dissipation, that, that pursuit of, of, of a constant striving for, for resources and finances and, and busyness and all this, that your heart doesn't get weighed down with dissipation or drunkenness or the anxieties of life, okay, that the day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. See, when our hearts get weighed down with the busyness of life because we're so tired, the, the, the world has a way of trying to cave in on us like a trap. And when you're in a trap, I don't care how spiritual you are, okay? I, I don't care how, how, how much you love God, okay? If you're tired, you're, you're, you're just gonna be more apt yeah. to make a sinful choice because, because you don't have the energy to step back and say no. You don't have the energy to think about it for a moment. No, you're just, you're just tired, and when you're tired, you give in so much easier. And I think the last thing being tired and weary can do is it can keep us from hearing the voice of God. Because there's so many other voices that are competing. We're tired and we're weary and we're thinking about our schedule and we're thinking about what we have to do the next day and we're thinking about the 10,000 things for the kids and we're thinking about the next vacation and we're thinking about all these things and, and they can consume us. We can get so busy hearing the voices on our phone and hearing the voices of social media and the voices of scrolling through reels that, that all of a sudden it leaves us such in a, in a state of, of, of hurry and, and chaos and 
and stress that it can keep us from hearing God. How do I know that? Because Psalms 46.10 says this is how you hear God. It says you be still. You be still and you know that I am God. And so when you're not still, okay, you don't have the opportunity really to know that he's God. It's stillness. It's in the, it's in the stillness that we hear the quiet voice of God. He doesn't come all the time in thunders and claps. Sometimes he comes in a whisper, in a, in a breeze, the spirit of God, ruach, breath. How are you going to hear the breath, the breeze, the Spirit of God, if we're always going, 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 going? And so, hurriness and busyness, they can, they can do a lot of dangerous things to us, but we don't have to live that way. Yeah, right. I love that Matthew 11 says this, Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, and this is really a theme verse, I think, for today. It says, if you're tired, right, come to me. If you're tired, if you're weary, if you're burdened. And I, this is Jesus, I will give you rest. If you're in here today and you would say, help, I'm tired. Help, I'm, uh, I'm weary. Help, I'm burdened. Jesus would say, come to me. Come to me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest. For not just your body, but your soul. See, maybe your body has some rest, but your soul, your soul, it's tired. Your emotions have you wore out. Maybe you're not doing a lot, but there's a lot going on in here, and you're weary. He says, your soul will find rest, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So I want to give you three things this morning that I think if you're tired, Three things if you're just, you constantly finding yourself in a hurry that I think if you can do, uh, I, I think can really help you. I think can get you to a place where, where instead of saying, help, I'm tired, you would say, you know what? My soul is at rest. Yeah, I'd rather have a church of people that says my soul is at rest yeah. than help, I'm exhausted. Yeah, because exhausted people, and they don't get anything great done in life, you know what I mean? So we can do it for a while. Isn't it funny that, that if, if you don't slow down, your body actually makes you slow down? All the doctors in the room shaking their head. See, our bodies won't let us keep up the rat race. And so how do you, how do you slow down? How do you do that? Three things. Number one is this. <coughs> We've got to stop the constant push for more. We've got to stop the push for more. See, we bought into the lie that more is better, more in our finances, more in our schedule, buying more things we don't need, adding, you know, another sport for our kids. Hey, we can fit one more in. I know we already got five, but let's just do another one. We take another shift at work because we need some more shoes or, you know, we need some more stuff. We need some more things to impress people. And I want to give you a verse that I think is so, so key to this in Psalms 127, Verse number two, it says this. It says in Psalms 127, you know, it's useless, it says, to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Ain't no amens on that. But I thought I had to work hard to get ahead in life. Yes, but you can work too hard. You can work so hard that you're unproductive. What good is it to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul while you're doing it? What good is it to have all the nice stuff that you always wanted, but your family be so far on the back burner, your wife be so far on the back burner, your kids be so far on the back burner that your relationships are broken, but you're working hard, you got a nice house, you got a nice car, you got the American dream, but your family is in shambles. Why? Because we need more, 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 more is better, more stuff, more things. If I have more, life is good, right? And so you just, you work your fingers to the bone. And, and I would say we've got to stop. We've got to stop the constant push for more. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4, 6, it says this. It says it's better to have a little 
with peace of mind than to be busy all the time. It's better to just have a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time. There's a really popular Netflix show, I don't know, it was a year or two ago, called Tidying Up with Maria Kondo. How many of you guys watched that, right? And basically, the whole concept was less is more, that you could throw away some things, you can get some things out of your life, and it would bring more joy, that she actually said you should pick the things or keep the things, what, that brought you the most joy. In essence, what she was saying is we can push so much for more that it clutters our life in a way that never brings us happiness. And so choosing joy is stopping the constant push for more. It's less, not more. That, that it's better to have a little with peace of mind than to just be busy all the time. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy, the pursuit of more, guess what? It'll rot the bones. And so we've got we've to stop the push for more. I want to give you an action step with, with each of these three. And so what do you do? If we've got to stop the push for more, what do I think we need to do? Well, I think we need to do this. We need to prune our activities regularly to create margin for what really matters. And so I want you to think, yeah, you can clap. I want you to think about that. What are the activities in your life you need to prune? Husband wife, college student, high schooler. Go home, get a legal pad out. Write down everything you're doing. It may take you 15 pages. Write it all down and then ask yourself, is there anything in this I need to prune? Yeah, that's really good. It's just, it's consuming too much time and it doesn't really matter. Or, or it's not creating room for the things that really matter. There are probably some things in your life that you need to prune for the things that really matter. What really matters? Your relationship with your family matters. Your relationship with God matters. Having friends in your life matter. Anybody ever tried to hang out with a friend recently? And it's sad, you gotta get on a friend's schedule. You know what I hate? We have to get on a schedule just to, I have to schedule to have a phone call with somebody weeks out sometimes because we're so busy. We can't just pick up the phone and call a friend and say, hey, how you doing? Now we need to prune some things in our life so we can have relationships again. That we can leave the garage door open and talk to a neighbor and not worry about folding 14 loads of laundry that we just, we just, we've got enough margin. We've created a schedule in a way where, where, where what really matters can matter. And so, so let me ask you the question, what are the things that you need to prune? And are you willing to do it? Because if you do, you can be more productive. Yeah, that's really good. More productive. It's funny how less can actually be more. It's a principle we see all throughout Scripture. The second thing is this. You need to remember the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath. The Sabbath is not God's idea to make you miserable. Okay, like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta take a day, gotta take a day off. <coughs> okay, here's the thing: uh, Sabbath wasn't created for God. It was actually created for man. God, God created the Sabbath for you. So, so you could have rest. That, that's what it's all about. You know, there's a scripture in Exodus 20, verse number nine. It says this about the Sabbath. It says, you have six days in which to do your work. And I would say this when it comes to your six days, if you can, okay? Work five for your employer and then work one for yourself, okay? One, one, one for your family. But then on the seventh day, let it be a day of rest dedicated to what? To him. So a true Sabbath is a day at rest that is dedicated to God, that is dedicated to, to, to spending time with him and spending time with those closest around you. The word Sabbath actually means to stop or to cease. Here's what a good Sabbath should look like if your Sabbath 
is on a Sunday because you've worked five for man, you worked one for yourself, you got all your things done on you know, Saturday or whatever. You know what a Sabbath should look like? It should look like you coming to church, having a good time, and then going home and having a big meal and taking a nap and then going on a walk with your family, okay? Holding your wife's hand and saying, what's your name again, right? Because you you've been so busy and you've been so tired all the time and you just, you just, you just rest. You know, God created man, and then, you know, the first day that he was with man was, was actually the Sabbath, where God stopped, and, 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 and it, was a, it, was a, it was a day of communion and relationship and rest. I think that's really what a healthy Sabbath is. A healthy Sabbath is when you spend time with God and spend time with those you love. And so we've got to learn to remember the Sabbath. And I'm horrible at this. This message is one of those that I'm like, you know, really, God? I mean, you know, because, because it's so hard to do, yeah. right? Because I'm busy too. We're all busy, right? We're just busy, 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 busy. But there's something powerful about just stopping and saying, no, God, I'm going to give you some time every week. Here's what actually happens. Proverbs 10, 27 says this, reverence for God, like honoring the Sabbath, guess what it does? It actually adds hours to each day. That when you take time for God and you say, God, I'm gonna give you some time each week, just spend some time with you, just rest, that it doesn't take away, it adds. See, with God, it's about addition in your life. What a crazy principle. That what looks like subtraction actually brings addition, adds hours, adds energy to you. Why is that? I think when when our souls are at rest and our bodies are at rest, we can get more done. And so the way it adds hours is it may not be adding physical hours in a day, but it is multiplying the hours you do have because you're not so worn out that what you're doing is actually more effective because now you're cutting with a sharp blade not a dull axe. And so what do we need to do when it comes to the Sabbath? Application is this. I think you just need to take a day a week. Just take a day a week where you meet with the Lord and you gather with family. Sundays are are a great day. You come to church together and then you hang out with your family. Maybe for you it's Saturday, okay? Where you do try to push the laundry away, okay? You You do it on Saturday. You push the cell phone away. You don't do an email. And I know it's hard because we're so connected, but I wonder what it would look like if a day a week we just, we turn the reels off. And we just said, let's just, let's just, let's, what, there, that, that this didn't even matter. You just, you woke up, you went to church, and then you just, you kind of threw, threw off the watch because there's nowhere to be. You just, whatever we want to do today. A true Sabbath where, where you rest. So you got to stop the constant push for more. You got to say, God, I, I'm going to honor the Sabbath. And the number three is this, and I think this will help you in, in a state of hurriedness. You got to stay close to Jesus. Yeah, so you just got to stay close to him. Two scriptures I want to give you, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament when it comes to rest. The first is this in Psalm 23. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not, what? shall not be in want. The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, he's the one that I'm allowing to guide me. He is your shepherd, but you've got to allow him to guide you. And when you allow him to guide you as your shepherd, it says you shall not be in want. I shall not be in want. Why? Because he will make you lie down. He'll make you lie down in green pastures. Make you lie down in green pastures. And what does he want to do? He wants to lead you beside quiet, quiet waters. One of my favorite things to do is to go sit at the steps right there by the Big Four Bridge and stare out over the stillness of the Ohio River. There's something about a quiet stream of water that just brings life to my soul. 
And God is your shepherd. And he doesn't want you to constantly be in need. And the way that he gives you everything you need is by quieting you, causing you to lay down and say, don't worry about it. Here's what you're doing when you're laying down. You're just saying, God, I'm not worried because I know you're my shepherd. You're my provider. He wants to take you to quiet waters. And he wants to restore your soul. That you can work all week long and it can suck some soul out of you. But then God wants you to Sabbath, get close to him so he can breathe on you. the New Testament, he says, are you tired in Matthew 11? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burn out? Well, come, come to me. This is Jesus. Come, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Oh, I won't lay anything heavy on you, ill-fitting. I'll keep company with you if you keep company with me and you'll learn to live, what? Freely and lightly. Are you tired? Are you burnt out? Are you weary? Come to me, he says. Come to me. I'll show you how to live freely and lightly. I'll show you how to take real rest. There's a song that was a very popular, I think kind of country song. Still is. You'll hear it every once in a while on some Grand Old Opry kind of videos. It was called Come to the Garden. Every once in a while, you'll hear it on some Christian infomercials as you'll sum through. I'm not a singer, but the first verse just talks about coming to the garden alone. And then the chorus says, says this, and he walks with me. When you come to the garden alone, you find rest. And it says, and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share we tear there none other did I crush it babe? old hymn God wants to walk with you and talk with you, tell you you're his child, but you gotta slow down. I found the number one way for me to stay healthy as your pastor is to walk with Jesus. And so I've literally, literally tried to literally apply that in my life most mornings. I try my very best when I get to where our co-working space is before I ever really go in there and work is to go on these long walks. In fact, if you go Monday through Friday to Nulu between the hours of 8 and 10.30, you are gonna inevitably see me walking the streets of Nulu. My car did not break down. No, I've just learned I've gotta walk with Jesus. I've got to get outside before I start work and I've got to breathe in the breath of God. I've got to let him talk to me. You might say, well, I don't have time to, to walk the first two hours. Just find some time. Get, stop, stop the push for more. Find, find somewhere in your schedule and walk with Jesus because if you'll walk with him, 
You'll learn from him. And you'll have real rest. Here's what you have to know about real rest. Real rest is not found in an activity. Rest is not found on a vacation. Some of you, you're waiting till, you know, July 1st till you go to the beach to get some rest. You don't have to wait for the once a year event that you worked your heart out for all year long to get rest. You will not find real rest in a vacation. You will, you will find some fun, you will find some rest, but oftentimes you're more tired at the end of the vacation than you were when you went on it. Rest is not in a hobby. Rest is not in going out and, you know, just, just going on a jog. It may make you feel good. Those things can provide some rest to you, but real rest is not an activity, not a sport, not an event. Real rest is found in Jesus. He said, come, get away with me, and I will give you real rest. And so, you got to stay close to Jesus. And if you'll stay close to him, he will give you real rest. Isaiah 63, 14, my last scripture says this, and they were given the spirit of rest, or they were given rest, sorry, by the spirit of the Lord. God's people, you know how they got rest? By the spirit of the Lord. It's the breath of God that breathes into you and gives vitality to you and fullness to you. How can you keep going through life, working your fingers to the bone if you're not getting rest? You will eventually crash and burn. There is not enough monsters that you could drink. You will eventually, you will have a heart attack. I promise you. You will burn yourself out. You will, you will, you, you, your families, your relationships, they will get in a bad place if you don't learn to do all the things of life, but somewhere along the way, say, God, I need you to breathe rest on me. Spend time with him. Sabbath, stop the push for more. This is how you guided your people. It's how you make a name for yourself, a glorious name. That God's, God's plan for, this is such a crazy scripture, God's plan for his name to be made known amongst people was tied to his people having rest. That as everybody else was stressed and in chaos, God would get credit because the people of God were looked at and said, why aren't you like everybody else, stressed out, tired, in a hurry? How are you doing less and more is accomplished? Because I'm spending time with Jesus. He's leading me beside still waters. He's multiplying my time. He's adding hours to my day. And I am rested and I'm full of energy and I'm full of vitality because God is in me and God is on me. And so, mom, dad, son, daughter, sir, ma'am, we got to do something in here. And it's this, we got to slow down. Listen, listen. Slow down. If I only had time to slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Would you stand with me all over this room? Would you close your eyes? Nobody looking around. I want to invite our prayer team to the front at this time. And I know this is the time where you're like, quick, gather the kids, let's get to the car. Just slow down. <laughs> Just for a minute, I want to pause. I've asked the worship team to end with a song. And here's what I want us to do as they're ending with this song. I just want you to take a minute and say, God, lead me beside your still waters. Quiet me. God, help me to slow down. Maybe you're in here today and, and you need some real prayer. You're stressed out to the max and you need somebody to put an arm around you. 
during this song. The prayer team's gonna be around the front. They'd love to pray over you. We're not gonna make it weird or awkward or anything like that, but maybe you just need some prayer. This is outside of the norm, but I just wanted to take a moment and slow down. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, Father, I just pray a spirit of rest on your people right now. I pray that you would let us take the next four minutes to five minutes before we rush on out of here to just slow down. God, to just lean back into your loving arms. And as we lean back into you, would you give us rest? Would you quiet our souls? None beside you, God. Oh, we fix our gates, we fix our heart, we fix our mind, we fix our attention on you, Jesus. So we say your word, we say your word, worthy of it all, worthy of it all, oh, your word. You're worthy of our attention. Thank you, Jesus. You're worthy of our affection, oh, Jesus. And I will lean back in the loving arms of a beautiful Father. 
Yes, I will. And I will breathe deep and know that He is good. He's a love like no other. Yeah. The band is gonna gonna just hang out for a moment, sing, and I'm gonna pray over you and we're gonna dismiss people, but I know there's probably some that maybe the courage to come up and pray during a moment like this is maybe pretty hard, but you still need some prayer and just wanna keep this atmosphere for a minute before we start the loud kind of pumping up music. And so I'm gonna pray for you and they're gonna stay up and just play for a little bit. And You know, as you're dismissed, mothers, there's a gift for you. There's a photo booth and do that. But I just wanna keep this area open for a moment that if you need some prayer, they're gonna be here praying over you. And so in the band, they can, they can know when it's time to in here in a second. But Father, thank you today. Thank you that you give real rest. That rest is, it's found in you. And there is really no one like you. So Father, we breathe in today, your breath. We receive real rest. God, I pray that you would help us not just hurry and scurry through life, but we would live life in a way where we, we pushed against the constant need for more. We learned to Sabbath with you and with our families. We just spend time with you more. And as we do those things, God, may we find real, authentic rest May you lead our church beside still waters. May you restore their souls. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.